Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. The East Village Times Podcast is sponsored by Original Grain Watches. Uh, for a limited time, they're offering a promotion code for us, for all of our listeners. Uh, EVT15 is the promotional code, and that will give, give you 15% off uh, their entire uh, inventory. So check it out, Original Grain Dot com is the site. Uh, they make some beautiful watches, local company based out of San Diego. Uh, check them out. NL West, SD across the chest. Youth movement, really dope X prospects. Big Willie, leader of the young pups. They hating on us. Watch the youth them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield, mad skills, lottie dotty. Austin Hedge is throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? A little bit of a late night podcast this evening. Are you, are you awake yet or what? Yeah, I'm trying to stay awake here. It's a little late for me. Yeah, past it's, a little, bedtime. <laughs> it's a little past his bedtime, but uh, we, uh, we thought we'd just give another one of these solo shows a shot here. Uh, Padres are currently uh, Tank Talk is, is is back in is back in uh, Padres Twitterland. It's 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 funny how that happens, but uh, we all knew that right around the last couple of weeks of the season that uh, the Tank Talk would probably uh, creep up with this uh, this team. We both wrote pieces uh, alluding to that fact. Um, that loss tonight against the Giants was was mighty uh, mighty Tank effective, wouldn't you say, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, I think there are still. I want to say five games better than the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, they need, yeah, to, lose a couple, they need to lose a couple more here. But definitely a good start. Um, I think the Potters sit fifth now, the fifth worst record behind Phillies, Reds, Giants, and White Sox, if I'm not mistaken. So the Tank Talk's going well. Uh, Braves and Mets are both hanging around. I think the Tigers also hanging around around the same record. So definitely yeah, some comp- yeah. athletics as well so there's definitely some competition Padres could just as easily fall out of the top 10 exactly that being exactly. Said, they, they're, they're there now they're in the top 5 they gotta keep losing um, for me I think they should get at least a third pick like they did uh, this year I think that, that'd be a good spot to sit if they can go higher that's that's great but there's really no I don't think there's much positive in winning 75 games instead of 70 for example if that's the difference between a third pick and a tenth pick because I think it's going to be pretty tightly packed uh, the rest of the season so I don't, I don't think there's really much merit to winning a couple more games and losing that position at this point yeah no I, it's it's about uh, the future and uh, tanking is about timing and they are uh, timing it correctly with a lot of games left against division rivals and teams that are above 500 uh, it's hard to imagine the team being successful this last month of the season um, you know the fine line that Andy Green is going to have to walk is is uh, cultivating these young players and, and still having them progress and, and have a positive uh, spin to their 2017 season, and, and at the same time, get, getting those losses and and moving up the uh, the draft standings because that's that's what it is. I mean, when you look at it, the the Mets uh, and um, the Tigers are only a half game behind us in in standing in reverse standings, and 
the Braves are right there. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a matter of game or two that, that separates three or four picks. And at this point, you know, it, it's about the future. Uh, you know, it's got to be done. It, it's it's a sad fact, but uh, it's it you know, getting that higher draft pick is definitely beneficial for the team. Yeah, I feel like we beat this conversation to death just by every time we talk about it. But I know exactly. There's it still is. some people that don't really seem to see the merit in a higher draft pick, and they want to say like, nope. "Oh, all the draft picks are the same," and and that's really not the case. I mean, there's quite a difference even from like the first pick to the second pick. So I think you got to maximize um, as much as you can in that regard. So um, yeah. I think it's definitely something to watch the rest of the season, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Hopefully it playing out the way we want. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, a, it's a sad reality, again, but it's a necessity because this team uh, is built for the future, and, and securing a, a high draft pick is definitely going to be beneficial for this team in, in the long run. There's a lot of young, talented players that are going to be available in 2018, and, you know, it, it's, it's about uh, getting the best pick possible for sure. Um, minor leagues have been heating up uh, recently. It's, it's been... Uh, it's cracking down. We're going into the last couple of weeks of the season in the minor league season. Uh, there's been a little bit of movement here and there. Uh, Patrick, I know you were researching Henry Henry coming out of his game this evening. Did you find out any word on that? No, I got nothing. Uh, he left nothing. after, I think, an inning and a third. Um, he only threw, I think, 18 pitches. Um, he wasn't looking too bad. I think he only gave up a few hits and an earned run, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, he left early, so... A little bit of cause for concern there. Gave up three hits and one earned in an inning and a third through 18 pitches total. So, yeah, not sure what was up there. Uh, Dust Devils got the win. They're in the thick of the playoff hunt. Um, they look to be about to secure a spot. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see if we can get any information on that, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully it's nothing serious. It was just something minor. Um, the Padres announced something this evening that was pretty interesting. Um, we kind of... Uh, we didn't really go over it, Patrick and I, but uh, September 30th, there's going to be a prospect game, another futures-type game uh, at Petco Park. So it's going to be interesting to see, the, I guess, the futures uh, game. The uh, Mostly consists of probably the international kids, uh, the AZL kids, the maybe some of the DSL uh, Dominican Summer League kids, uh, as well as the 2017 draft pick. So uh, look forward to that on uh, September 30th. Um, I guess plans... Uh, all the uh, information will be coming out uh, shortly uh, in regards to that. But Man, um, I didn't I think that, hear about this. Yeah, I just uh, you know, I just I think Jeff Sanders tweeted something about an hour uh, two ago. Um, I know I didn't even mention it to you before the show. It just kind of occur- occurred to me. But well, I'll um, be there. It, yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to to be a part of the uh, the I guess. W- Gosh, it was a I guess it was a sh- so- social hour summit last season uh, during the futures game. Uh, about three or four different EVT writers were there. We got a chance to talk to uh, Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrill, Fernando Tatis, uh, Buddy Reed, uh, Rudy Garon. There's a couple other players that, that uh, came up and talked to us in, in Ron Fowler's suite. So it was really, uh, really a cool thing uh, to look forward to. I think the Padres announced that they're going to try to do this every year. So it's it's nice that they're cultivating these young players and uh, you know giving the fans something to look forward to. Yeah, apparently they're calling it the uh, Padres on deck game. That's cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great naming there. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag great marketing. Um, let's move into September call-ups. Uh, September is going to be here. 
very shortly, uh, the Padres are going to be expanding their rosters. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of wondering about who's going to be coming in and whether or not you're going to see any of the exciting young players coming in. Um, at this point, uh, give me your best get best guess on on who you think would be coming up in, in September. Uh, you know, my guess is probably most of the Chihuahua roster at this point. Yeah, I think. If I'm not mistaken, the rosters expand by, what, like 10 or 15 guys, I think? No. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's pretty much the entire 40-man roster, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so got to pull up the Padres' 40-man roster real quick. Um, I mean, the obvious ones are like Hunter Renfro is going to be back, most likely. Um, I, I, yeah. think, I think probably this will all wait. And if the, I think the Chihuahuas are still in the playoff hunt, so if... They make I mean, the there's playoffs. just there's just there's just so many obvious choices on that team for September. I mean, fans are, are clamoring for Quantrill and Lauer and Naylor or something like that. But well, here's, in real in real, go ahead. Yeah, here's the list of guys that are on the forty man um, who are I guess available. Uh, you have Franchi Cordero. You have Javi Guerra, which obviously I don't think Javi Guerra is going to happen. Uh, Jankowski, no. that'll probably happen. Yeah. Um, I think Kyle Lloyd is also on there. Walker Lockett, Kyle McGrath. I think Kyle McGrath will probably be up. Uh, mm-hmm. Newest Padre, Tim Melville. Uh, Dylan Overton. Kevin Quackenbush <coughs> will probably be back. You know how they like shuffling yep. him around. Hunter Renfro. Yep. Maybe Jose Rondon gets another taste like he did last year. Yep. Uh, Jose Ruiz already made an appearance earlier in the season. Uh, Ryan Schimpf, possibly. And then yep. Jose Valdez, who's kind of been – Riding the Quackenbush train, coming up and down every yep. week or two. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I mean, think, the only I think the likely ones are the group of outfielders. I think Cordero's up, Jankowski's up, uh, probably Renfro. Yeah. Um, maybe Rondon, probably a few of the relievers, uh, maybe a starter or two. But yeah, I, yeah, I think I mean, it, there's definitely options there. It, I mean, if someone's looking for someone young or, or a prospect to be called up, the, the only two that come to my mind are, are probably Walter Lockett or Michael Kelly, and they're really not something to get too excited about. I mean, it'd be nice to see those young pitchers get their feet wet. Uh, Rafael Ortega, Christian Villanueva, two veteran-type, journeyman-type third baseman and outfielder are another possible choice. But, you know, there's going to be nothing too exciting uh, as far as September call-ups. There's going to be no Tatis. There's going to be no Quantrill. There's going to be no Lauer. At this point, it's just... uh, it's silly to even question or, or wonder if they if the team would call them up at this point. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, Dennis Lynn, I believe, in his latest piece, I think it was a mailbag piece, uh, he mentioned that the Potters actually had considered um, calling up Luis Sirius as a September call-up this season, but given his injury earlier in the year and he's kind of struggled a bit the last mm-hmm. uh, few months, I guess that's probably less likely than it was at least back then but I think that was kind of interesting that, that they were really considering that um, but yeah outside of the AAA guys there's really not going to be anyone um, exciting that you're going to see yeah. it's going to be guys we've seen before maybe a couple new guys that we haven't seen before but yeah nothing nothing too crazy I think next year will probably be a lot more exciting you might see guys like Tatis and Urias if they're not already up by then they're definitely going to get probably a taste in September maybe a few other younger guys as well yeah, for sure. This time next year will definitely be a, a different story. Uh, you know, the team isn't um, the, the AAA team isn't necessarily stacked with with talent at this point. Uh, the first wave is already here in the major leagues, consisting of Margot and Hedges and, and Renfro when he's here. So you know, the second wave is, is currently in, in down in in Double uh, A, and you know, 
God, I just I'm I'm so excited for what this team is going to be uh, looking like next season. It's going to be exciting. Um, let's move on to Padres prospects and the fact that um, you know we here at the podcast like to have people like Eric Longing hanging, uh, Craig Goldstein, people like that come on in and kind of. Uh, give us a kind of a rude awakening about the reality of, of what these prospects that we uh, see and, and write about on a daily basis, because, you know, we are a bit jaded because, you know, naturally Patrick and I are Padre fans. We're, we're rooting for the team we have for a long time. So, um, you know, let's talk about the fact that maybe some of these prospects that the team, that the Padres fans are, uh, have their high expectations for Let's, let's talk about maybe a, a little bit of a reality check, uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, what sparked this conversation was for me was uh, James had uh, tweeted about Fernando Tatis and how he still needs to work on the defense and still needs to work on the offense, and he'll probably start next season at Lake Elsinore. And I think a lot of people, I guess, took offense to that. Like They thought you were taking a shot that he's not the prospect we think he's going to be or he's not as good as we think he's going to be and I think it's I think it's fair to criticize these guys a little bit I mean it's it's not all like sunshine and daisies it's not all perfection I mean not every prospect's going to work out as we know I mean we've been Padre fans for how long and how many of these guys have not worked out I mean you look at Donovan Tate you look at Matt Bush you look at on and on the list goes I mean how many guys have been top build prospects that haven't worked out and I'm not saying Tatis is going to be a bust but I think for guys like him, um, guys like Quantrill, guys like Baez, Avila, on and on, you have to look at it with a more measured view. You can't just think so optimistically about every guy and think every guy's going to be a hit and every guy's going to be perfect. And I know it's fun to like make fun of Barry Bloom because he thinks Tatis sucks or whatever, but <laughs> I think we have to just be realistic in our expectations and be be honest with ourselves about how often prospects don't work out or how often a top build prospect just becomes an average major leaguer. And that's fine. I mean, every major leaguer you get out of your farm system is a win, even if it's just an average player. So obviously I want Tatis to be a superstar player. I want him to be the best shortstop in baseball. But if that doesn't happen, we can't be too discouraged by it, I think, because that's just the name of the game and that's just part of baseball and really any sport. I mean, a lot of times you have a number one draft pick in football. How many times do those guys not work out? It's it's pretty common, right? I mean, it's not always a, a, a sure thing. And I think we need to just be more um, realistic with our expectations. I mean, we can expect good things, but I think we got to keep it a little measured is all, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, the, t- the, the tweet came out uh, – Basically, you know, I've watched a lot of Tatis this season. I've watched him like a hawk, and, and in particular defensively, I could care less. Um, well, I mean, I shouldn't say I could care less about what he's doing offensively, but defensively was was a big key to me, wondering what his abilities were and, and whether or not he would be able to play the position. Um, so I just happened to see a game uh, in, and recorded uh, an error that he had made. Uh, simple, you know, took the bad angle and, and, uh, and overthrew Josh Naylor at first. Um the tweet uh, says, defensively, Fernando Tatis has w- much to work on. A start in Lake Elsinore for 2018 seems inevitable for this young man. Um, you know, I think the word inevitable is probably what, what got me in trouble there. I, I don't think that... I hate to backpedal on what I say, but I've seen a lot of him defensively. You know, he has made 25 errors, 
he's shown excellent range. I mean, way superior range than I thought he would be able to. And to me, that was his biggest issue. But at the same regard, I've seen him make a lot of simple plays and turn them into base hits that aren't categorized as errors because if you misplay a ball in the hole or you take a bad angle and a runner beats it out, they're generally given a base hit on it. So, you know, this is the type of stuff that people would would only know or, or see on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, that's where, this, that's where my questions about his uh, ability to start at double A next season. And, you know, he's currently... Uh, you know, in his first 25 at-bats, he hasn't walked yet. He's got 7Ks. I mean, I'm not going to point fingers and point things, but, you know, the Padres are also a little worried about his defense at short as well because he's played a lot of third base in double-A. He's played some second base in double-A. They're not just giving him the keys to the shortstop position and saying, here, go go and, and do your job. There's there's trepidation in, in, in with them as well. They, they're, they're a little concerned about his defensive prowess and, and abilities and that's fine he's he's 18 years old he's already way better than blown expectation of his abilities out of the water and i'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade but the bottom line is he does have work to do and i also made mention of his play discipline which was ridiculed and people want to regurgitate his fort wayne numbers and the fact that he's you know his k his, his k percent has gone down and his walk percentage has gone up you know that's fine but that's the single a level and Yes, he's made progression, and, and but he's a prospect. We, we want to see that progression. Just because he's made that progression, does that mean it's all said and done? He should just be batting third for the Padres tomorrow? I mean, no. There's work that still needs to be done, stuff that I've seen on a daily basis from him. You know, for instance, he'll go into an account, uh, go into an at-bat, uh, be in a 3-1 count, uh, an obvious hitter's count, and check swing a ball to shortstop or, or second base being, you know, completely full. That's the type of plate discipline that the team wants him to work on. It's not necessarily what you see in the, st- in the statistics and what you see in the stat book. It's stuff that, that scouts see. It's stuff that, that people that, that monitor him, monitor him and, and want to see the development him correctly on, on a day-to-day basis. So I still stand by the fact that I think he will start the season in Lake Elsinore. And, you know, I was 50-50, and I'm moving more towards like a 70-30 split at this point. I don't think that they want to rush him. Um, I'd be interested to see if they put him in the AZL, uh, Arizona Fall League, um, this fall. And, and if he's able to successfully transition there, then, then you know, there's a chance he could possibly start in A. But at this point, you know, you, you don't want to rush the kid. He's way, way above where he should be at this point. He'll be 19 going into the start of next season, and and – you know, to expect him to be successful at double A and to skip the whole high A levels uh, is, you know, pretty far fetched in my eyes. Uh, you know, I don't know, Patrick. I'm not. I'm not a rant type of person. Uh, you know, I, I'm not the type of person that con- this confrontation on Twitter. You know, people are wanting me to respond. And, you know, this is my response. I, I'm not. You know, I. I I welcome other people's opinions, and, and you know, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying it's gold. I'm not saying this is the word of god right here but this is my opinion and what i've seen and, and you know i stand by what i see and i stand by what is presently being done with him as far as his development he's not playing shortstop every day for them obviously they are concerned about his defensive abilities yeah i mean he made two errors in the game tonight for san antonio at short um he played the first game of the doubleheader uh, at third and then he was at short the second game did hit a home run uh, his, mm-hmm. his first in San Antonio also had an RBI double in the second game. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's fair to 
I don't want to say criticize, but at least like have trepidation with the kind of player he is currently. I know we can like extrapolate what we think he's going to be long term, but at this point, mm-hmm. there's still things to work on. And sure, he was destroying low A pitching, but it's pretty clear that that was easy for him. I want to say, and yeah, exactly. And he still had some plate discipline issues. I don't think it's a, a bad thing to say he still had some issues. I mean. Um, yeah. sliders out of the zone, he was still swinging at them. I mean, it's not like he was perfect, and he always swung at strikes and watched balls. I mean, it's it's just not something you expect from an 18-year-old, and I don't think it's unfair to criticize him for, I guess, having those issues still. I mean, he's 18, and you've seen him so far in San Antonio. He's kind of gotten off to a slow start. Got off a little better today uh, with the home run and the double, but I think my biggest issue is I really don't understand the point of like, why are you calling him up if you're going to make him play third? You're going to make him play so I just don't get it. I mean, until he proves that he can't play short, there, to me there's really no reason or need for him to play elsewhere. I mean, would you really rather play Javier Guerra at shortstop over Fernando Tatis, given the opportunity right now? Especially for a team that's about to be in the playoffs. I mean, I know they already have their Well, spot I, I think they the do because half, they have but... they have concerns about his defense, and they want that, to make sure stupid, that their young though. pitchers... If you're, if you're concerned well, about his defense, then... Putting him elsewhere isn't going to solve anything. Well, I mean, see, that's the whole, you know, I I certainly didn't necessarily agree with him jumping two levels. I mean, I, it's nice for him to be a part of this playoff-type atmosphere because he wouldn't have gotten that in Lake Elsinore. And, and he, he was he was the best player in in, in the Midwest League, at, or one of the best players, if not the best. And he wasn't doing any better anything better for himself there. So, I mean, I can see the logic in it, but... You know, I'm I'm writing on the wall kind of guy. Read the writing on the wall. The team is still not comfortable with him defensively at shortstop. They're still concerned. I mean, it's obvious. You, you know, you're not going to have Javier Guerra play shortstop ahead of him. I mean, Javier Guerra's a defensive wizard, but if you're comfortable with Tatis and willing to take who he is, then you're just going to put him out there. Obviously, they're still they're still concerned. I mean, you know, I it's just it blows my mind that this got kind of. I don't know, blown out of hand, and even uh, Keith Law was in there, and, <laughs> and Eric Longenhagen. I mean, it's just like, like I'm did not. Bar- did Barry trying- Bloom stop by? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he was on your uh, you side. Know, like, yeah, he yeah, sucks. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> see, that sucks because I'm not trying to make it sound like he he's. I mean, he's playing way over what anybody expected, and. and it, I mean, it'll be the beginning of the year. I mean, he's, eight, he's still... 18 years old and he's playing in Double A. That's pretty exactly. astounding. He's he's the easiestly the youngest player. I mean, I think Luis yeah. Arias was the youngest or one of the youngest, and he's almost two years younger than Arias. So exactly, it's pretty insane and that he's, too. he's where he's at. I mean, and he's holding his own. I mean, he had a home run tonight. I mean, he he's not off to the same start he was uh, in Fort Wayne, but I, I think it's going to be a work in progress. I just don't really understand the point of playing him anywhere other than short. If you're not sure about his defense at shortstop, you run him out there every day until you're damn sure that he can't play shortstop. I mean, putting him at second and putting him at third, I think that's just going to mess with his confidence. And that's a different position. He's got a, So not only is he learning to face higher-level pitching on the fly, but now you're teaching him a new position on the fly, I just think that's detrimental to his development. Well, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. And especially yeah, when you have I Javier mean, Guerra taking up space. I mean, you can't look at Javier Guerra and say, <laughs> yeah, we need to have him in the lineup to win games. That's... That's BS. Well, I mean, it's you got to look at the young pitching pitchers that are on that staff as well. That you don't want to have suspect defense behind them, and you don't want to give yeah, them. Is his defense uh, any better at third or second? I mean, it's in a position he doesn't know. Pre- so pre- kinda... No, I mean, statistically, he's he's he hasn't made very many de- errors at third or second. I mean, he's barely played, played the position. Though, 
he played him a little bit last season. I mean, it's a small sample size, obviously, but you know, it, it's different. His, his the thing with him has always been his footwork. He has a great arm. He has the range. It, it's the footwork. And shortstop is not a, is not an easy position to play. It's about setting your feet and, and getting in the proper position to make the throw. And, and that's what he's constantly having issues with. And, and I think that's why they uh, everyone always wants to allude that once he fills himself out, he's going to be a third baseman because he's still growing. He's wiry, strong right now. This kid is going to put on. 20 30 pounds of muscle when he's all when it's all said and done and he's going to be a, a power threat so you know the move to third it, it, it could be in the works but you know it, it's it's and it's not to say that he can't play the position because that's just something that he needs to work on and you know if you asked him himself he would obviously say that he, there's things that he needs to work on as far as plate discipline and as far as his defense and you, you can't take anything for granted you can't be comfortable and he hasn't gotten to where he is by being comfortable with 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 what he's done in the game he's he's a goal-oriented person and, and he wants to be, get better and you know he will for i mean for what it's worth he's played 150 games at short he's made 40 errors he's played eight games at second he's made three errors he's played six games at third he's made no errors so i don't think you can really so put say, him at third he's, he's flawless at third there yeah you go. i don't think you can really say he's better at third or second based on such a minuscule sample i think it's just at this point, you throw him at shortstop, and he has to figure it out. I don't think playing him at third to make a statement or something is going to do anything. At least, I, I just don't see it. I mean, so far since being called up, he's played what? I think one one game at second and two at third. I just I don't see the point. Just stick him at shortstop. Um, he, he either can hack it or he can't. I mean, he's 18 years old. It's not like you really need to make a decision on where he's going to play right now anyway. Um, yeah. He's still growing, like you said. He could still put on some muscle. He's, I think, six four, like two hundred pounds. So he could end up being more of a Corey Seager, Manny Machado. Um, I know Manny Machado obviously plays third, but Manny Machado definitely could pass at short. They just chose not to put him there. Um, no. Yeah, he could be like a Corey Seager, Carlos Correa type of big guy. I mean, those guys are going to move to third base. Obviously, once they get in their thirties, they're going to slow down. And, and most guys move to, to third. I think. Derek Jeter's one of like the few guys where like he probably should have moved and yeah. he ended up not moving. Um and I guess maybe that was probably a bad call. And in hindsight I think we look at Derek Jeter a lot differently based on all the advanced stats we have now. His defense isn't really what a lot of people thought it was at the time. Um he was making a lot of highlight reel style plays because he was getting poor jumps on balls, and maybe that's what Tatis is doing. Maybe he's making these great plays because he's getting poor reads. I don't know. I don't watch him enough. I can't really say for sure anything about his defense because I've only seen him play really a handful of times. I mean, he's in Fort Wayne. There's not a lot of television broadcasts uh, for Midwest League games. I haven't really – I think I've caught him once or twice since he uh, joined the mission. So I don't really want to speak on the kind of defender he is. I'm just going off reports I've heard. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I don't. I just don't see the point of not having him play shortstop. It just doesn't really seem to – solve anything per se i don't know I, that's just my sense of it yeah well i mean we are talking about the san diego padres here so you know they they uh they beat to the they drum to the beat of their own drum or yeah i don't know what i'm trying to say you know you it's know what I'm to... i get what you're trying to say <laughs> exactly all right so at the end of the day i think i think we need to be a little more actually i'll say i think we need to be a little less defensive about prospects and every time someone says something we don't have to take it as some grand offense and sure, if Barry Bloom tweets like, oh, Fernando Tessie sucks, he's like Everett Cabrera, sure, we can come to his defense. But I think if if we're freely criticizing someone, I don't think it should go 
that direction. Like when when we first started talking about Will Myers being not so good, it's like I got so much vitriol that like how dare I say a bad thing about him? And I don't like that sentiment that we can't criticize these players. And I know they're all human yeah. beings, and we need to be like measured in what we say and like understanding that this is a human being, but. I don't think that they should be free from criticism if they're not playing up to what we think they should be. And on the other side of that, if we have a prospect, we have to be realistic and not just treat every prospect like they're all sure things. They're all going to work. They're all going to be great players. I think we have to just be a little more uh, measured in our responses. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see, I see both ends of the, the spectrum on Twitter. I mean, I see people tweeting that, you know, Cal Quantrill is, is is a horrible pick that he'll never amount to nothing other than a relief pitcher and you know everyone has their own takes and, and stuff it's just it's it's just you know when you're part of a, a star franchise like we are I think a lot of uh, fans want to create their own news and, and create their own buzz about uh, players and stuff so it, you know Padre baseball there yep, you go that's that's what we got to deal with <laughs> <laughs> yep um, you know it's it's uh you know, let's move into a little bit of some questions that kind of, uh, you know, I you lead us into this this uh, Stanton stuff because to me it's just it's asinine. But you go ahead, you lead you lead us into this. Okay, I saw. Uh, I'm trying to remember who tweeted this. Give me a minute. Somebody tweeted that basically asking the question: Should the Padres consider trading Tatis, who we've talked about extensively, for? <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who. T- oh, it was it was his name is Padre Fan Dan. Uh, his his uh, that's his handle. It's Embrace the tank is his uh, screen name here. Um, yeah, well, isn't on- that contradictory to the tank right there? Yeah, he's on <laughs> he's on Twitter. Uh, he he tweeted the idea. Um, I came in and responded a little bit saying that, like, yeah, Stan's not... I mean, Stan's a, a pretty complete player. I mean, he hits for average. He gets on base. Um, my thing was, if you pay half of Stan's contract down, then maybe you consider him in a trade, but if the price is Tatis, I think I, 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 I'm a firm hard no because I've seen enough Padre prospects trade in the past that have worked out that I don't want to stomach <laughs> the idea of Trading away a potential general general <laughs> a potential generation I can't even talk. I'm not going to say it. A potential star. I'll just say that a potential star um, for a guy like Stanton. Who yeah yeah he's having a crazy year. He's only 28, but I think he's a big dude. He's had injury history, and um, most guys start to kind of go downhill at 29, 30. So does it really make sense yeah, and, to acquire a guy like that? In terms what does of he have on his contract left? Isn't there like isn't there like ten or twelve years left on his contract or something ridiculous? I think it's like eight, and it's like oh, is it? I think it's like eight and like three hundred million dollars. So yeah, the Marlins would have to pay like oh. half of it down at least to make any team uh, want to make yeah. a move. But yeah, I don't think you make a move for him at this point unless it's no, unless there's just unless he's free. I mean, I wouldn't get I yeah, exactly. wouldn't give up Fernando Tatis because. Fernando Tatis is a guy who you potentially could build around. Yeah, so his total contract was 13 years, $325 million. Um, Actually, yeah, you're right. He signed through – oh, man, I was mistaken. He signed yeah, through 2028. Whew. Although he has an opt-out after 2020. Oh, so thanks. It, at that point, his deal – Is that was, his opt-out or the team opt-out? Yes, player opt-out. So at that point, through the next three uh, he'd seasons, be ridiculous his deal would be like $75 million. Yeah. 
So after that, it goes up to twenty nine million a year, and then thirty two million a year. So, oh my god! Yeah, it's a big contract. So he definitely have to. There definitely have to be some money paid off if any team's going to pick. He also has a full no trade clause, so he can choose where he wants to go, more or less. And I don't know if he'd really want to go to San Diego. That'd be kind of a weird decision to make, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know where this is coming from. I, I know he rakes when he comes here. I think you know, obviously, he's fun to watch. But this is contradictory to exactly what we're trying to build here, uh, in in cultivating a, a winning franchise and a, in a young franchise that's going to be built for the long run. I, I mean. It's going to take something like a Tatis to, to, to land him, and then you're looking at investing 150 to 200 million dollars into a player or whatever. I mean, and he doesn't even fit the team. That's not. We don't need another right-handed power hitter who strikes out too much. You know, that's exactly what we have too much of it at currently. So I, I, you know, it's fun to talk about these things, but you no, know, this is just an absolute pipe dream. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. I don't even see that as a dream. I don't think I really want Stanton on the Padres. I think it's just no, too I, risky. Yeah. And in fairness, I don't think Stanton really strikes out too much. I mean, he's actually got a career-low K rate this year. Um, but obviously, yeah, that's going to probably turn around as he ages. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't see the appeal, especially if you're going to give up Tatis. I mean, I don't even think that, that would be the asking price. I think the Marlins would have to pay down so much money to even get a prospect in return, I think, because that contract is just so cumbersome. And On one half of it, it's a lot of money. The other half, it's like, this guy could opt out in a couple of years, so what are you really going to give up if it's only a three-year contract instead of a ten-year contract? So, um, yeah. Moving on from that, that that crazy, crazy pipe dream. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if it's a dream, because I don't know if I'd really... like Maybe a nightmare? Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Matt's a little harsh. Uh, anyway... So I saw a tweet. I don't even know who put this either. It was some just some person I follow. I thought it was fun, and we'd talk about it. So he, this person tweeted, if you were commissioner and could change only one thing immediately hmm. and not have any other changes be made for the next five years, what was the what would be the one thing you change in the game of baseball that you would change today? And this, is, this was uh, Joe Rivera. I think he's a writer for Sporting News, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Sporting News. Um, he tweeted that earlier. I thought it was a pretty fun uh Thought exercise. I thought I'd throw it at, throw it your way here. Yeah, I'm, I I've been pondering this, and I really I don't know. I really can't uh, can't nail down one thing. I, you know, obviously we there's a necessity to speed up the game to a certain extent. Uh, you know, I'm a baseball purist, and I, I love watching the game and going to the game. And whether it's two and a half hours or four hours, I'll sit there and watch it. It doesn't matter to me. But I can understand the general appeal for for the game to speed up. So. In some way, there there's got to be an effort to speed up the game, whether that's keeping batters in the box or or whether it's uh, you know ma- maximizing the amount of pitching changes or the amount of visits. Uh, you know the the uh, instant replay thing is is kind of really slowed down the game, and, and I know it's meant to kind of perfect things, but you know I, I, at this point I, it's hard for me to put my finger on on one specific thing. I, I'd hate to be a politician to kind of skirt around the answer but i really don't have a, a, a number one thing uh the only thing that i have that's a pet peeve um is that when instant replay happens 
there's no announcement to the crowd uh, as far as what's going on uh, with you know what's being challenged. Uh, oh, that's what's annoying, happening. man. That that to me has always annoyed me, and it, you know if you want me to point at one thing, I think that's something that needs to be addressed because you know it's just turn around and address the crowd, tell them what's going on. Everyone's just kind of just sitting there waiting and not knowing what's happening on the field. I mean, I don't know. It, it that's just my thing, I guess. Yeah, for me, um, I don't think a commissioner can unilaterally like put people in the Hall of Fame, but I have a list of people that probably should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't. Um, so I'd probably put those guys in if I had that power. Um, aside from that, I'd probably shorten the season. I think 162 games is, is a little long. Um, I like the idea of having the World Baseball Classic be a, a more common thing and having that midseason. So extending out the All-Star break, maybe having it as two weeks, and uh, playing the tournament in that in that time frame instead of an All-Star game during the years that it's played. Um, that was a, a topic of discussion prior to the season when we were watching the WBC and how... Not a lot of people were tuned in because it was before the season and there was people watching spring training and all that sort of stuff. So I like the idea of having that be more of a spectacle, and I think that gets more eyes in the game. And then I think the last thing I would do, I know I'm only supposed to have one, but the last thing I would do (laughs) is just try to spread the game more. I mean, there's obviously a problem where not enough kids are playing baseball and there's not enough attention to the sport. And I think to me it's, it's amazing that there's so many guys that are marketable like guys like Mike Trout, we're watching probably the best baseball player in history, and they can't market this guy to save their lives. I mean, he—if you ask just any Joe Schmo on the street who Mike Trout is, they'd have no idea. Ask them mm-hmm. who Tom Brady is, they know who, exactly who that is. They can tell you all about him. Ask them who LeBron James is, they can tell you all about him. Even if you go to hockey, ask them who like Sidney Crosby is or Ovechkin or whoever else. People know who these guys are, but in baseball, it's like. How many baseball guys are really notable? I mean, we had obviously Mark yeah. Jeter, Alex Rodriguez. Those kind of guys were the past generation were noticeable. But at this point, if I gave you like five of the best players in baseball and I lined them up in New York City and Times Square, how many people would be able to spot them and point out who they are? Yeah, I think the answer would be probably very few. So I think it's a big There's problem. The, the marketing in Major League Baseball is pretty poor. Um, I, I think they could do a better job of marketing their stars and making the game um, not just more common here i think more global even i mean they've already done great with that the wbc has been been great for that um they spend a lot of money building facilities overseas and funding teams but i think they could just do a lot more than they're doing now yeah i think uh maybe a position in, as a major league uh, players publicist would be in your future or something that sounds like uh that's your your your, your new calling patrick oh yeah sign me up <laughs> Could be a Mike Trout's publicist and get him a get him a contract to touring Japan or something. And Mike Trout's <laughs> publicist, that's a dream job right there. There you go. But you're right though, because a lot of these guys don't market themselves correctly. They don't. They're not in the limelight. And you know, I don't know if that's just part of the the, the natural aspect of of being a baseball player. You, you kind of just grind away, and, and you're not. You don't want the spotlight on you necessarily, and, and maybe that's just how it is. But I mean, you look at back in the day, someone like Babe Ruth, who was you know larger than life. So you know, I don't know. It's it's tough. Bryce Harper is probably the closest that the baseball has to that because he's everywhere and, and uh, he has that type of personality that, that wants to be everywhere and in, in, in everyone's face. But that's a that's a good thing. It's a good uh, good catch. I, I don't know. There. The, the sport should be more global, globalized because I think it's it's something that any any type of uh, any type of 
nationality any type of uh physical ability can can play the game you know you don't have to be a six foot three and 210 pounds you can be five foot eight and and 180 and 150 pounds and, and be successful so you know it will say you carlos is why <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly uh all right next question that i got from twitter uh nick lee he's a writer for us um he asked about the rotation outlook for 2018 um the chances of Chassin, uh, he made fun of you. He put Chassin in a winky face, uh, as if we didn't make fun of you enough today, James. Uh, so he's asked for the chances of, of uh, Chassin or Richard Sashin. being Chassin. Uh, the chances of Chassin or Richard being back next year. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think either guy is a candidate to return to the team next year? Um, I would even throw in Trevor Cahill's name. He's struggled since going to Kansas City. He's now injured. Uh, maybe he's a guy who signs another uh, one-year contract and goes back to the Padres. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on those guys or any other guys? Maybe the Padres could add. I think we, I think we think that Perdomo and Lamette have spots uh, solidified for next year. But outside of that, I think it's a little up in the air. What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, Jolice Sashin and uh, Clayton Richard will definitely uh, be of. A big interest to the team. I, I, I wouldn't think that either would be in high demand on on the open market. And I think that their true value would be returning back to this team because they they offer a, a mentorship to these young players, and they've already have a relationship built with these young guys. And um, you know, it, it's it's something special that that uh, that's going on with with these veterans and and, and how they've mentor these young guys and it's it's no mistake that this team's played over their head i mean it, it comes down to grit and, and uh positivity and, and the fact that this team has what it takes uh to go out there and grind every day and, and you know the talent might not be there everywhere uh, on, on the whole field but uh they are grinders and i think that richard and, and, and shasina are definitely uh main parts of that yeah i think lament and perdomo are gonna definitely be there um Maybe they resign one of the one of Chassin or Richard, and I think they're going to sign some other kind of maybe reclamation project. I don't, I don't think they really give yeah. a spot in the rotation to any of the AAA guys. Um, no, I mean you still have Travis Wood, you still have Strom. That, yeah, that Travis are... Wood. Oh, duh. I keep forgetting yeah, I mean, about Strom too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I think some. There's Strom some and decent... Wood probably fit in there, and that that completes the rotation right there. But yeah, I mean you, you always need like six or seven or eight pitchers every year at least. Exactly. Uh, with injuries and. If any of these guys get traded, you're gonna need extra arms and more bodies there. So, yeah, I exactly. think there's definitely options. Um, and, and 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 wait, Robbie Erlin will be back next season. Dude, Robbie Erlin's still alive. Who's Robbie Erlin? <laughs> Sorry, okay. I just had to throw that. Who was in. that guy the Potters used to have? I used to mix up him and him and Robbie Erlin. What was his name? Why can't I think of his name? Matt, Matt Wizard. No, Matt he, was, he, he was a left-hander like Robbie oh, Erlin. Left. What was his name? I. Uh, Damn it, it's going to bother me. We're going to spend the rest of the show thinking of this name. <laughs> You're going to spend the rest of the show. We're just gonna sit, I'm not going to talk about anything else. We're just going to sit here and I'm going to figure it out. You better get on the computer and find out. We're, oh, we're on man. our last question here. What year was this? <laughs> I think it was like tw- it was a couple years ago. We've oh, had a scarce amount of left-handers in the bullpen. You, no, he, was, uh, he was a starter, man, I swear. Oh, a starter? A left-handed starter? Yeah, like Robbie Erlin. Eric Stoltz. Oh, wow. Okay, there you go. He was an older one. There you Eric go. Eric Stoltz. He was who I was thinking of. All right. I'm satisfied. All right. Moving on. Yeah, we can um, move on. Next topic. We had a question from Jose the Great 93. He's at Curry's Jose. 
He wanted us to talk about Denelson Lamette and Denelson. Sorry, I always call him Denelson, and what he can become if that changeup becomes half decent. Love the way he's been these past few months. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Lamette and how he's progressed this season and how he's looked in recent weeks? Yeah, I mean the the fastball slider combination is just is really effective with him, and I think you know everyone wants to see that third pitch from him just to be effective more around the third or fourth time around the lineup, and it's it'll be a key to his future. Uh, at this point, he's still you know I, I don't who do we have on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that was talking about the fact that he might be able to be an effective pitcher with just a two pitch uh, co- combo. Was that Goldstein or, or Langenhagen? I don't know, man. I lost track. I know well, one, one, uh, I, one I know of them Kyle Blazer ta- is is pretty uh, high on him. Yeah, so, I, I can't remember some of the, one of the national guys came on and basically told us that he has the ability to be effective on, on a two pitch uh, regimen if he has to. But you know, I, I think that ultimately he would he's going to want that third that third pitch, especially against left handers, to kind of neutralize them and, and keep them off balance. And yeah, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but if he can't be a starting pitcher for whatever reason. This guy, I think, realistically could be one of the best closers in baseball yes, with that mix. Yes. I mean, it's just nasty. He can hit upper 90s in short stints. That slider is just nasty. I mean, it's like Brad Hand, Andrew Miller level, I think, if he's out of the bullpen. Um, yep. So, yeah, the fact that he's a starter now, is it's just it looks great. But if it doesn't work out, I think there's at least some positive there that this is a really important bullpen piece. Um, so, yeah, Lamette's, I think, an important part of the future. Whether that's in the rotation or the uh, bullpen remains to be seen, but I mean maybe they have enough pitchers down the line that they can move him to the bullpen, and he can be there in a successful role at least in the short term. That would be fine too. I mean, it remains yeah. to be seen uh, how that plays out. All right, so I got a yep. couple uh, couple silly questions to end the show. Um, okay. At Advanced Stats Twenty Three asked me why is mangoes on pizza not a thing? So James, why why are mangoes not put on pizza? Um. Because mangoes are gross. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't I like mangoes. I like mangoes, but yeah, I always wondered that because I'm not a big pineapple on pizza kind of guy. Uh, I'm not really a big vegetable on pizza kind of guy or fruit on pizza at all, but. I'll take some mushrooms works, on pizza, not, but that's a... Why not mango, right? Or papaya, you know? Get crazy Ooh. with it. Okay. Well, right. how about. Yeah. Moving on. We'll just. Yeah, move on, please. And then uh, Andrew <laughs> Mazan, he's at 13 Mazan. He, he said, rank the golden age of Padres podcasts. Uh, I think oh, we're number wow. one. Um, other than that, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. There's, there's in, there's. in all seriousness, there's a lot of good content. I mean, yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rake us above anyone else at this point. I think that we all provide our own special content. It's nice to get it. Yeah, diverse... I like that we all have different styles. You know, like some, some yeah, are exactly. more. Uh, I know uh, we got the, uh, the Jagov and uh, Change the Potters, Marver. They're a little more uh, critical of the team and the organization. They kind of take that more inside track of being like, I guess, a little more openly critical of uh, the marketing department and the organization ownership. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you got like Potter's Perspectives is doing doing great things. Um, obviously, the I'm trying to think of who else we could mention here. Uh, the Five Point Five Podcast. Those guys are doing great things. Uh, they're a little more, uh, I think, humorous than we are. I think we're a little more serious. Um, we, we try to bring some humor here, but I think they're they're always good laughs. Um, Make the Padres Great Again podcast, Craig Elstein and um, John Gennaro, they do a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, I think we all have our own little 
different twist on things, and I think it. Dude, it, how it could you it, leave out the Kept Faith who were? Who oh yeah, I was duh. Just Sorry, on last week. Kept Faith. I think they're my favorite. Sorry, guys. <laughs> they're um, my new favorites. There's just so many to keep track of, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, I gotta give a shout out to Kept Faith. They've been going probably longer than I think just about anyone else in, in the in the Padres uh, podcast department. Uh, we're, we're going on like what, like a year and a half now, but they've been going, I think, for quite a while. Yep, there's Padres and Pints as well. Oh, and Ke- Kevin Charity, I gotta just mention him. He just tweeted that he reps the Five Point Five Podcast because they are the smartest of the Padres Gold Age of Podcasts. Hashtag they book me as a guest. Hashtag Boot World <laughs> gift cards. Well, now I'm hurt that we're not the smartest anymore. So maybe we need to book Kevin Charity and give him some Boot World gift cards. Boot World gift cards. I'm, I'm, I'm right. talking to you, Kevin Charity. If you're listening to this, you are invited on the podcast whenever you want. An open yeah. invitation. Really, anyone can come on the podcast. Just let me know you want to come on. We can we can shoot the shit for ten minutes. It's Be careful cool. who you're saying anybody anybody about. Anybody, I don't even care, man. <laughs> we have open I doors it, here. It's it's late. The hook is coming out, Patrick. Yeah, it's, we need an, to... it's an open door policy, man. We, we we'll let whoever on here. You got something to say to James? You want to talk smack to James? Come on here. Say it to his face <laughs> through a computer. <laughs> this is the confrontational Padre podcast now. Anyway, no, nah, man, I I love all the content. It's really great to have so many. I mean, I hate to be the only Padre podcast, so I'm really glad that so many other people are doing it. And I think there's just more people getting into it, uh, more people engaging. I think we've built a really good community here, and it may not always be so sunny, and we may not always get along or agree on things. But uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of good content coming out, and I think that's really the most important thing that counts. For sure, it's a uh, good times. Uh exciting future for the San Diego Padres and uh, we are going to definitely concentrate on the the uh, prospects and the minor league aspect of the team uh, with about 30 games left uh, the tank is in full effect folks uh, you know you, we want to root for progression of this team but at the same time we want to get that uh, higher traffic so uh, there's a fine line that we're all going to be walking in, in uh, rooting for this team uh, but uh, it is what it is uh, Patrick you want to take us out I think we have abused people's ears along enough for this evening yeah I think I've heard enough feelings and said enough nice things for, for the night um, we are hosted on Podbean you can uh, give us a follow on there um, that'll, that'll be the most direct way to follow every time we have a new uh, show. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can find us there. We're on Stitcher. We're on Podcast Republic, um, Google Play. Really, anywhere you find podcasts, we should be there. If we're not, for whatever reason, you you have an app you like that I'm not on, that we're not on, let me know. I'll make it happen. Um, keep, keep keep giving us a, a follow on Twitter. I'm PatrickBrew93. James has a million accounts. EVT underscore news, EVT underscore J Clark are the two most common he uses. Uh, our podcast is at EVT Podcast. If you ever have any questions you want to shoot our way or any anything you want to talk to us about, you can shoot us a message or a tweet on there. Um, stay tuned. We got a lot of good content coming in the next week or two. Uh, minor league seasons are wrapping down. We're gonna have some pieces on some of the teams and kind of how the seasons have gone. Kind of a little preview there. Um, should be good. Yep. Thank you, folks, for joining us. East Village Times Podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.